It's Wednesday here where I am, in the northern hemisphere of the beautiful continent of Europe. Welcome to my very first podcast where the mundane meets mastery. My name is Beryl. I am a writer, an author, a violinist. I'm a lawyer in the making with a love and with the love for speaking. Though it is often dreadful until I start. My podcast name is Mundane Meets Mastery. Hey! Come to the arena where the little things are the big things. Where everyday living is the best life. Where every day has something worth highlighting. Where boredom is taken to the boardroom of the mind and comes out bearing rich thoughts that build hearts' walls. We speak potential. We speak inspiration. We speak edification. I call it the pie. Eat the pie. Taste the sweet and savory in the world of words and growth. Here we are becoming. Come. Proverbs 16.23 says, The sweetness of the lips increases learning. Wednesday it is. It's the day I choose to talk about quitting. It's in the middle of the week when you're not rushed as a Monday would. Neither are you slowed down with eyes fixed on the weekend as a Friday would. I believe the content will leave you pondering and asking yourself needful questions for the rest of the week until we meet again. I believe I will be asking myself the questions too. My gentle husband, Joe, is my audience most of the time. He has a wife whose mind is always thinking of words, but I just want words that edify. I just want words that strengthen the walls of the heart. With COVID and many other issues going on in the world, we have no time to break hearts, but all the time to mend them. Our own needs mending. So let's go. Today I will start by telling you a bit about my podcast. You notice the title is Mundane Meets Mastery. This one being the very first, please don't judge me too harshly. I know that the previous, I mean the future ones will have kind of some more beautiful structure than this one. But let's go. What is mundane? Mundane is something lacking interest or excitement. It is something dull. It's boring. It's tedious. It's monotonous. Mundane is something tiresome, wearisome. It's prosaic and repetitive, quite unexciting, uninteresting, and unremarkable. Mundane is simply that, mundane. It doesn't cause your eyes to wink even one bit. You don't want to look at it again. It's quite ordinary, every kind of day routine. Mundane is common. It's typical. It's stale. But is that all that we could use to define life? No, there's what we call mastery. Mastery is extraordinary. It is the process of getting better and better at something. As a violinist, I think of mastery as that sheet music that once seemed so hard to play. I tried and I didn't sound good. But with every passing day, I put in some hours of practice. And now it sounds sweet because time has been invested in improving and in mastering the technique. It sounds good because discipline has been recruited to stay. It sounds good because determination is not going to bed and joy becomes the diet of the soul. Mastery. Yes, dear friend, life can be mundane. 
but we can have the pendulum of life move from the mundane to mastery. I want you to ponder a little bit and think about the activities of your day today. Reflect on that schedule you drafted this morning or the one you worked on when your week began. How well are you doing? What's that little thing, that mundane thing you need to grow so that your mastery of it can inspire someone? So, for the next 40 episodes, I will be discussing on the subject of waiting, but I have given it a little bit of a spelling twist. You can trust the writer to do that. Add a Q before the W and we have quaiting, the questions we ask while waiting, quaiting. Whatever you're seeking to move from the mundane to mastery, quaiting will meet you at every turn. You will hear her silent and sometimes very loud movements. She won't ask you for permission to come in. She lives an open life and gets into all of our spaces without asking. So we need to choose how to entertain her because she's not coming to destroy us, but to instruct and to inspire us. You will hear her shrill voice. You will take notice of her footsteps near you. Quaiting wants your company, but do you? What can you benefit from spending time with quaiting? So today's episode, where mundane meets mastery, is called quaiting. The cue looks a little cute to me, I think, but that's beside the point. So you're wondering, did I get the title wrong? No, I mean it. If you're reading this or listening to this, you're either feeling overwhelmed by waiting for something. You know what it truly means to wait or you're looking for some simple guidance on how to wait. So the weight of your challenge does not break you down. I'm here to tell you that this is a reflective piece, a short one with pointers that you can glean on. I pray you hear the Lord speak to you directly. Waiting is hard, right? Here's a story for you. John the Baptist saw a dove and believed. James Whitaker saw a seagull and believed. Who's to say the one who sent the first didn't send the second? Listen to this. James Whitaker was a member of the handpicked crew that flew the B-17 Flying Fortress, captained by Eddie Rickenbacker. Anybody who remembers October of 1942 remembers the day Rickenbacker and his crew were reported lost at sea. Somewhere over the Pacific, out of radio range, the plane ran out of fuel and crashed into the ocean. The nine men spent the next month floating in three rafts. Can you imagine? They battled the heat, the storms, and the water. Sharks. Some, 10 feet long, would ram their nine-foot boats. After only eight days, their rations were over, eaten, destroyed by salt water. It would take a miracle to survive. One morning, after their daily devotions, Rickenbacker leaned his head back against the rough and pulled his hat over his eyes. A bird landed on his head. He peered out from under his hat. Every eye was on him. He instinctively knew it was a seagull. Rickenbacker caught it and the crew, guess what they did? They ate it. The bird's intestines were used for 
bait to catch fish. And the crew survived to tell the story. A story about a stranded crew with no hope or help in sight. A story about prayers offered and prayers answered. A story about a visitor from an unknown land traveling a great distance to give his life as a sacrifice. A story of salvation. A story much like my own, much like your own. Quitting can make us feel stranded. It can make us feel like our rafts are being tossed and turned by the sharks of life. Today, I want to tell you, it is not how long you have waited or the reasons you have been waiting, but that you wait. Every day we wake up, we report to our duties and hope to accomplish something beautiful and great, whether it's homemaking, work or school or business. Sometimes doors are shut on our faces. Sometimes our boats are turned upside down. Sometimes the doors are widely open and we decide how far the hinge can swing. With waiting, the office doors are always open for each one of us. It does not matter what job you have, what degree of schooling, of what profits you have made in business. The office of quitting is one we enter into every day, whether we like it or not. This podcast is meant to help you and I not know how to wait, but how to wait restfully, how to wait patiently, how to wait hopefully, how to wait expectantly, how to wait wisely, how to wait discerningly. Am I promising too much? No, waiting will happen to you with or without this podcast. But it is important that we learn from one another how to live life because life is mostly about waiting and doing and waiting and doing and waiting. Our first lesson then is on quitting as wordless love. I want to take your mind to love, silent love. I find this love on an old rugged piece of wood. There hangs hands and feet bare and broken. Blood oozes from the pierced side of the lover. The lover has spoken the last words and said, it is finished, has it? The lover's head hangs loose to one side. The spine is too weak to hold his simple gait up any longer. The lover's once open eyes are now closed, closed in death. The lover's heartbeat has stopped. Should the lover be left hanging on that ugly wood, the body of the lover will soon begin to stink. A little towel is wrapped around the lover's waist. The crowd is jeering and mocking. Save yourself. The lover saved others. Why can't the lover save himself? There are two thieves beside him. One is rude and uncouth. The other one is humble and repentant. Night falls. Darkness conquers. Or has it? He's quiet. But has love stopped? Never. They pull the lover down from the ugly piece of wood. Rattling pieces I hear in my mind's eye. I think if I were there, I would weep and shake my lover to wake up. But that would be futile. There's a mission to be accomplished. That mission is another heartbeat. That mission is another footstep. That mission is another ambition. That mission is another future. That mission is flesh and blood. You and me. A heart beating today because my lover waited. A footstep seeking his direction today because my lover's was pierced and wounded. 
ambitions, seeking fulfillment by you and I today because my lover has imbued a talent, a gift to all his children. Another future waiting for you and I because the breathless one, but for a moment, is the one that gives life beyond this moment to eternity. What is your question? What are you waiting for today? Is it a spouse, a child, a career path to open? Are you waiting for healing, for finances to pick up, that that bank account may look a little bit more pleasant than it is right now? Is it a relationship gone sour, hoping that there could be a sweetener that would just change things? Are you waiting for a Zoom meeting or Corona to end? Are you waiting to forgive or quitting to be forgiven? Quitting is wordless love. Yes, dear friend, it's wordless love. It's a no words worship. I say nothing, you say nothing. Quitting is the season when words don't count because the silence is counted worthy by the all-hearing God, that simple God on ugly wood who knows your address in the neighborhood. Quitting is not my utter eloquence. It is not your good and sweet vocabulary, but his undeniable sovereignty. That dead God on the wound now lives. It is not his control over me to damage me or you to confuse you, but a complete makeover of my character to inspire me, to inspire you and I to live for him. Quitting is worthless love. I can't speak. Not because the wound is so deep. And yes, the wounds have been deep for you. And in those moments, you couldn't speak. But this time around, you won't speak because the love from the lover is utterly real. You have failed to sense him in the past. He was invisible. He was silent. Or is he still? Probably. But Quating will sense that those moments of solitude are a great doorway of his heart to your heart. Deep wounds can cause you to sense him. The noise of trials can lead you to hear him. The pain of a wounded heart can arouse you with love for him. Soon you take the gaze and you realize in Quating, his presence is undeniable. Wordless love, dear friend, that is Quating for today. Incomprehensible vocabulary? No. Does the world expect you to weep and murmur? The weeping is quite normal. I have wept and you have wept. The murmuring? Mm -mm. The lover says, I'm here to weep with you, but I won't leave you here weeping alone. Turn with me to your story. What does your chapter look like? Some are dotted with tears. Some are spotted with testimonies. We all have both, dear friend, don't we? But today the lover is saying, I will carry you to where we not only weep together, but where I will wipe your tears forever. Today, in your sleeplessness, he says, I want to lie beside you and give you sweet sleep. You don't have to say anything. My presence is worthy. I'm your father. So rest on my breast. I go no farther. I'm here with you. Wordless love. I don't have to say it. You don't have to say it. The question today is, is it okay in our waiting to be quiet? The answer is yes, dear friend. He hears my heart and he hears your heart too. The beats that don't seem to synchronize, he hears them and rearranges them. He checks my feelings. He checks yours too. Even the ones that seem to be rubbed the wrong way, he cleanses them. I sense his smile. Will you sense his? Is it okay in your waiting to be quiet? 
What do you want to say to me, Lord? I'm speechless. I have no words. I'm listening. Isn't this about wordless love? But he has a promise found in Isaiah 40 verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. I'll bring you back to Rick and his crew story, the seagull pooping on the captain's hat. You feel like you're floating on a raft. Sharks of uncertainty are nearing your boat of hope. Lean your head as Rick and Baker did. Pull your heart of faith out. The lover has a landing for you. Not of bird poop, but the promise of strength. Not of a seagull, but of an eagle. Eagles, they see far. Eagles, they don't eat dead flesh. Eagles, they soar above the storm. Eagles are always ready to catch their prey. Be ready in your quaiting. To float your raft in the seas of faith. To broaden your vision with an eternal perspective. The dead flesh of bitterness, anxiety, despair, unforgiveness, malice, jealousy. This must not come to your table. You have to soar above them. The throne room of prayer is always open. So whether quitting asks for your permission or not, prayer can be wordless love. Tell it to the lover in your closet. The first practical step you want to take is your lover. Wordlessly, silently go to him and tell him about how you feel. He won't judge you. He will show you his plan. The second step involves self-talk between you and you. Ask yourself, where do I want to go? Where do I want to go with this unforgiveness? Where do I want to go with this career plan? Where do I want this child to go? What are the practical steps I can take? while quitting lingers with me here, not to damage me, but to inspire me. The third step involves some clear strategy. You want to know, how do I get there? And this is not about the mode of transportation. This is about attitude. This is about looking and saying, it is possible to do this. Yes, the circumstances may seem daunting, but you can remain undaunted as that eagle that's flies and soars above the storm. Now, waiting is not boredom. It is an activity in pursuit of that which is yet to be. Rick and his crew could only but wait for food. Exhausted, they needed food. Good manners call for us to never talk while we're eating. So, my question to you today is, is it okay in your waiting to be quiet? Is it a sign of giving up? of surrendering out of frustration grudgingly? Nay. Does quitting tie our hands to what we don't like? Never. It releases our hands to receive what is best from our lover. Great times can call for solitude. This is one of them. And so today I tell my lover, what do you want to say to me? I'm speechless. I have no words. I am listening. Wasn't this about wordless love? Dear friend, stay in the lover's crew, you won't get lost. There is help in sight for you, even when planes of plans crush. Ask yourself, have I silently, wordlessly spoken to my lover? Have I had that self-talk of where I want to go? 
And do I have a plan of how to get there? Wait wordlessly. Waiting is wordless love.